Welcome. This is an awesome podcast. This yeah. is one of my favorite ones. <laughs> to the Jeff. There's a lot of whiskey, Jeff. Macalino. Jeff Macalino. 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 Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show, and thank you for stopping by. I don't have anything to really talk about in the intro today. Well, I do. My my son started uh, Little League Baseball. Um, he had played T-ball when he was like five, uh, was probably the last time. Uh, now he's 10. His second at bat, he, he took, a, uh, took one right off the upper shoulder. Pretty direct <laughs> shot. So we'll see if he still wants to... Uh, play baseball. I told him, I I remember last time I played baseball was between eighth grade and freshman year. Uh, I, uh, of high school and, uh, I played American Legion ball. Um, and, uh, my first at bat, I was facing a, a high school senior who was throwing so fast. I could not see the ball. (laughs) I took strike one. I swung and missed at strike two. The third pitch nailed me in the upper shoulder, almost exactly where he got uh, got hit. Except for I giggled and ran, ran down to first base laughing hysterically because he just let me get on base. Um, that was my my strategy that year at the plate uh, was uh, <laughs> I one time swung at a pitch that was going straight to the backstop on for strike three because I knew that would get me on first base. And, uh, you know, <laughs> strikeout wild pitch. It still is an 0 for 1 in the in the uh, box score. But I got on base. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, any, any way possible. So hopefully he's a little better than I am. Although, you know, baseball is one of those things. You can't take years off without, without paying for it. Like, I, I tell him all the time, I, when I, I worked for the Rays and I saw – Every player there, every day was working on their swing. They were working on their fielding. You know, I saw Carl Crawford get there hours before every game and hit the weight room and spend time in the cage. You know, it, it just takes time. I saw Evan Longoria just just fielding, you know, hundreds of ground balls every single day. It's just a sport you can't really just stop doing. Uh and uh, or or you fall behind, so we'll see if uh, if the if getting beamed doesn't deter him. I think he's got some natural talent, so we shall see. Um, not that you guys probably care that much, but it's fun fun seeing him play a sport that I love. Um, and uh, you know his game much more entertaining than Tampa Bay Rays playoff baseball. Uh, Don't get me started. At least the USF Bulls are playing well, knock on wood. All right. Uh, today's episode is with Brooke Saborin, uh, and uh, it's a fun one. Uh, I reached out to her just because I I liked her uh, I liked her bio, basically. <laughs> I liked um, I liked she also uh, you know talks about leaving the corporate world and uh, you know, she's now an entrepreneur. She has a YouTube and a, a podcast. Uh, 
sound like someone you know uh <laughs> that's that's probably where most of the comparisons end um but she we also talked she she lived in a van for a year uh on, like on purpose uh so we talk about that um we talk about just leaving corporate world and uh i talked to her a little bit about my uh my my mental breakdown uh i suppose i don't know if that's the right word but hey we're gonna go with it anyways stay tuned for myself and Brooke Saborin. Hey folks, you know I talk about mental health on this podcast a lot. Uh, with my own struggles, uh, a lot of times I talk to guests about their struggles. And uh, that being said, I uh, want to thank BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether that's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professional professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. As a bonus, you get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Macalino. That's BetterHelp.com slash M-A-C-O-L-I-N-O. All right, everybody. I am very pleased to welcome Brooke Saborin to the Jeff Macalino podcast. How are you today, Brooke? What's up? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to have you. Um I I I mentioned to you I think right before we came on the the thing that I wanted to reach out to you to come on about is kind of somewhat of a recurring theme over the course of 150 episodes is um I mention all the time how I quit my corporate job uh, to pursue my dreams. Uh, I called it a midlife crisis. And uh, you did the as well, although you probably didn't call it a midlife crisis because... I called it the quarter-life crisis. <laughs> yeah, that's what... Uh, I had another guest on who... I mean, she's six years younger than me, but it was like, uh, we live different lifestyles. You know, 34 for me was like, that's that's midlife. Most people, I think, are more optimistic than that. Yeah, I feel. <laughs> so what, um, I guess, tell me about your, that story. I mean, you know, what, when, when did you have the revelation of, I need to get out? <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, I think I've always had that, like, kind of spirit my whole life. Like, even growing up, I have, like, had this resistance and like rebellion for no re no apparent reason really so like when I was in college I got persuaded to go to college somehow <laughs> <laughs> and when I was in college it was my junior year and I was like 
oh my gosh, everybody is like going to graduate next year and get jobs. But like, I'm definitely not going to be doing that. So I was like, so I should probably start a business. And I was 20 at the time. And I didn't do that. I got out of college, I actually dropped out and I just started working. I hustled really, really hard. Never got around to starting a business. Didn't really know how to start or anything. I, all I had were ideas and I just wasn't very, um, I wasn't putting any action forward. So I finally, after like four or five years out in the workforce at the, that point, I had this like really nice job. I was like managing a bunch of people. I think I got paid pretty decent and yeah, it was like, quote unquote, a pretty good job. <laughs> yeah. On paper, Unfortunately, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, I sold my soul to the job and the job sucked me dry every chance it got. And I realized that no matter how many boundaries were set by me, there would be no true boundary mm -hmm. ever. And so without a plan, I just quit. I, I uh, like from that moment, I had a month left of work to like figure out what I was going to do after that month. And I did. Yeah. I started my entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. My very first day of like not having a job. I, <laughs> the first thing I Googled was what to do on your first day as an entrepreneur. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been over two years now and the journey has been really great. It's been good to me. Yeah, that's uh, it's I'm jealous to an extent of the person who can have that office job, that corporate job and separate their life from their work. I I was similar to you. And I think some of that is some of that's probably like a work ethic thing. Like it, like you said, there's no boundaries like you're you're going to do what's needed to do the job the right way. And I. I I think some people, I, I think honestly, the healthiest attitude is people who are like, I'm going to do the bare minimum at my corporate job that I need to do to continue to get paid. I don't so need to true. go above and beyond. But that's not me. No, no, it's not <laughs> I me I was either. doing so much. <laughs> it, yeah, and, and it does, it wears on you. And the interesting thing, you could probably speak to this, is when, because I left actually almost exactly two years ago myself, it was right. It was the before, right before Labor Day, twenty twenty one, that I quit, uh, and haven't had a corporate job since. Um, and it's, I, I don't know if you could relate to this somewhat, um, because you have uh, five siblings, right? So I mean, mm -hmm. I, I, not that my siblings think this, but I, I think a lot <laughs> of people just assume like I just sit around, and. Uh, drink and watch tv all day and it's like well i do that sometimes but not that's like but that's why we do it so we can <laughs> so we can yeah and it, it's there are days and weeks where like i i did it to keep myself honest uh but i almost for it wasn't even a week i kept like a timesheet just to be like how how much am i working and it's a good idea on these days i was working you know, and look, yes, is recording this podcast considered work? Yes, it's part of part of how I make money. It's part of what I do. 
Is it enjoyable? Fuck yeah. Can I drink while I do it? Yeah, of course. That's that's why I like doing it. <laughs> but yeah, and then you can edit, distribute, whatever on your own time. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's between editing uh podcasts, editing videos, um, just responding to emails, whether it's for sponsorship type stuff or or otherwise, um, recording the podcasts. Um, and I even included when I work on some of my screenplay type stuff that I'm working on. And it's like I was working 12 to 14 hours almost every day when I did not have my kids a little less when I had the kids because I have like a four and a half hours on the road to get my kids to their special schools they need to go to. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm like, OK, so nobody I know works 12 to 14 hours a day and makes as little money as i do for it but i'm like it, it's the work is there now obviously on the back end you want to make sure you you have the money to continue to live um but yeah it, it is I, I do get somewhat frustrated with people when they're like hey can you do this you're not i know you don't have a job i'm like that doesn't mean right. i have nothing to do <laughs> like, or they don't yeah or they don't consider any of what you like pour your heart and soul into as a job it's like wow <laughs> yeah i see what you think about like everything <laughs> well yeah people see where are, your mind's at <laughs> yeah it, it's like they're hardwired to think this is because that's the philosophy our parents probably were taught and their parents i mean i know my grandparents were uh I think they were the first ones born in America in my family was my grandparents and their parents were immigrants from Italy. And it was like, you just get a job and, and that's how you stay in this country. And you just work, you, you're providing a better life for your family by working. So I think it's kind of that mindset of just like, that's what you do. You go to work for the man and then you come home and see your family for a short bit of time before you go back to work for the man and uh enjoy enjoy your weekends because those are those are that's your time but try to relax <laughs> and spend time with the people you care about yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's it's so bizarre and um it, i do get so like my ex-wife she has like an obsession with going on vacation and i'm like see the difference is i've never had that i, I don't mind traveling don't get me wrong, but it's like, I if you told me I couldn't take a vacation for the next five years, I'd say I don't care. My, I I enjoy every day of my life because I'm doing something I I love doing, so I don't need a vacation. Whereas I think you know someone who she works a corporate job and she's very happy with it. But I guess that's probably why vacation is like we have to do at least one vacation every year. And I'm like. I don't think you need to take the kids out of school because you want to go on a cruise, but uh, who am I? <laughs> but yeah, well, you I, guys are exes now, so. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. It's just her taking the kids on vacation. I, I don't get to go. Uh, <laughs> well, nor do I want to. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's It's very fortunate when... Um, uh, actually, I think I remember reading you... Uh, another similarity you got married young and divorced young didn't you it, okay i was gonna say i'm like that was you right <laughs> um, i did yeah so I, I was similar in that regard too and um 
I had what a couple age, kids. <laughs> what age were you when you got married and then divorced? Uh, 23 and 27. Um, we oh. had our, our first kid at 22 and she was 20. So we, yeah, we, we, we got. That is young. <laughs> yeah. I, I got everything in my life out of the way by like 27 that most people do like until they're 50. Like I popped out a couple kids, got, got a job, got promoted a bunch, had a back surgery, got divorced. I'm like, eh. I think that's part of why I, I'm like, well, all right, I've already done what most people do in the first half of their life. It's just in real condensed time period. Time to retire. <laughs> yeah, that, that's 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 where the midlife crisis, it's like, I, I feel like most people, you know, they're in their 40s or 50s before they have their first back surgery and a divorce. And, you know, I just got it all out up front. Hopefully it's smooth sailing. <laughs> So I feel I'm like, I just got to get rich and then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a lot of money. Someone needs to give me uh, a lot of money and I will live the rest of my I life. Need to happy. Do is <laughs> fall, trip over a suitcase of cash and then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm always, I don't know if you ever see the, uh, the news stories. Cause it, it, it happens in Florida all the time, which I'm not, I'm not, I'm in Florida. So I'm not dumping on Florida by saying this, but drugs like wash up on the beach. And I'm like, those lucky bastards, they oh, wow. found drugs and they called the cops. I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'd probably do it too. I'd be like, oh no, someone's going to find out I got their drugs and come I kill know. me. And how would I that move would all scary. these drugs? How am I going to sell these drugs? I don't know those kind exactly. of people. <laughs> right. You don't have a customer base already. If right. you were already a drug dealer, that would be really nice. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'd start putting some calls in. Like, hey, can you move a, a, a thousand pounds of cocaine? <laughs> I mean, I'll keep a pound for myself for special occasions, but but you know, <laughs> it cool. seems like a uh, it seems like a hard amount to move. <laughs> or not? <laughs> I guess I guess if I were to do it. I do live in the strip club capital of the world. So I think, I mean, it might be a small amount at a time, but I think I could slowly move it. Which is what? Where's the strip club capital of the world? Uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, really? I yeah. did not know that. More strip clubs huh. per capita than any place else. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah. I you... bet the music scene's cool down there. Uh, uh Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> We we have we have some music festivals by my house. Um yeah, no, it's a Florida's a very interesting place to live. It's uh it it lives up to the to the hype, I would say. It's uh I've lived here my whole life, so I am a native Florida man, so I'm just Oh, I'm a native of Florida too. Oh, I yeah. grew up in Apopka. I don't know if you know where that is, but a lot of people in Florida randomly do, so I usually just say Orlando. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, it, I think it's that, well, I'm pointing to a direction. It's east of, of me, I think. But I, I, I think I know it mainly because their football, high school football program, I feel like is strong, maybe. No I don't idea. I don't know why else I would have heard of them, to be honest. I've heard of Apopka. What, uh, when did you leave? Florida. <laughs> Florida, I, well, my whole family moved when I was nine to Wisconsin, and then I moved back when I was 18 for 
a while. But then when you're like in a kid versus an adult, it's just a different place. So I left again. <laughs> yeah, no, it it it's uh it's yeah, it can be strange. It's I I, I enjoy the unpredictability of Florida. It 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 helped it helps stabilize my life. <laughs> oh, too funny. Yeah, yeah, you can't Did every I, Florida resident. <laughs> you can't um oh see, even right here I have a hat for a strip club sitting next to me on my desk. And then you can move to the villages when you retire, like the dream. Yeah, it's all right there. Start having that old people sex. I'm <laughs> The I I I think they might be the STD capital of the world. Uh yeah. I think at one point I don't know if it's still true, but you only have to be fifty to get in. So I mean, it's I'm, not too old up in there. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. You know, if I drink this much, it won't seem like long before I'm fifty. Although I'll, <laughs> I'll be a rough, I'm gonna be a rough fifty year old if I'm still drinking by then. Like, I'll be one of those 50 year olds who's like, you know, looks like he's an 85. Like, like guys with, who were 50 back in like the 40s, you know. You start shrinking prematurely. <laughs> yeah, Your just, steering wheel's like up here. <laughs> just start shriveling up. <laughs> Look at that old man. I'm only 48 years old. Get off my lawn. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not looking for. I realizing right now, I probably need to quit drinking at some point if I want to continue to live like any kind of life. Or but, you could get on the liver donor list early. That's true. <laughs> that's I. You know, I originally told my children that they weren't allowed to drink because they needed healthy livers. Because you can like take half of someone's liver and it will like grow or something. I I don't know. I. I believe you can live on only half of a liver. I probably shouldn't do that to my children, though. That doesn't seem fair. So good, good in theory, but yeah, probably should keep their livers intact. I suppose I'll just kill a bum. Their livers will be fine, I'm sure. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah, yeah. They don't do anything bad to their bodies ever. Um. <laughs> so I um. So what has your uh, focus been these last couple of years as far as I know you, you started a YouTube channel. Um, do, do you have a podcast also? Yes, I do. I do. Um, I call myself an entertainer. Yeah, I started my YouTube channel the day I became an entrepreneur and Googled like, <laughs> what does an entrepreneur do on my first day? And I started my podcast last November per some uh, friends advice and I quickly learned that it is the absolute best way to network as an entrepreneur that there is and it's fun to do and I also have um, a couple of business plans in the works which get very unfortunately like maybe I should readjust my priorities but they get very little of my time my podcast and my YouTube channel get most of my time and then what I call like my side gig quote-unquote is that I nanny a couple like two days a week and yeah I don't make much money <laughs> let me just tell you that <laughs> yeah. no that I mean yeah it, it is people don't understand and again this is co coming from someone who probably spends less time on his podcast than most people do because 
I'm like, if there's nothing egregious that needs to be edited out, I'm not listening to it. It's just going out as is. Um, which is funny. I'm so particular. I'm like, I'm in there. I'm tweaking. I'm like making people sound right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I set a low bar for myself because when I started the podcast, it was, it was, um, it, you know, it was one of those things where you decide you want to do something and I'm still working my corporate job at the time, but you start telling people like, I'm going to, I'm thinking I'm going to do this and you get, everyone's an expert, but no one's done it. That kind of thing, which I, I'm sure you run into all the time because. Oh my gosh. Like on an hourly basis, I swear. Everyone knows everything about it. Everything. They've never done it, but oh they know. My. So, so the, everyone gave me advice with podcasting of like, Oh, you got to be hyper specific and have a focus area and this and that and the other, and you got to have a this, uh, uh, they had a laundry list of things. And I'm like, how do you know all this? You don't have a podcast. I and, hate the couch experts. Oh yeah. my gosh. Well, and then you oh. can probably tell by the name of my podcast. I just said, fuck it. The podcast focus is going to be me. And my name <laughs> is the name of the podcast. Honestly, that's very fair. I kind of regret not doing that with my podcast and YouTube channel. Originally, I'm just like, dude, I could have just made this easy. <laughs> Well, it's great if you can think of something, right? Like, but if you can't, like, it was probably six months of me just being like, I'm going to start it one day. So eventually I just pulled out my phone and recorded the first podcast by myself on my phone and put it out immediately just because I was pissed off and wanted to just d get it over with. What was the topic of Convo? Uh, I think that episode, I was just rambling by myself about like, you know, 20, 30 minutes. It's more set up probably of, of what to expect. Um, the, I, I did probably a half a dozen solo episodes before I, I started having guests. And even then I had no setup. I had my phone, the same phone. I've had this phone a long time. Uh, but I, I literally hit record and put it right here underneath the laptop. No microphone, no. So the audio was my phone. It, it's not terrible, but it was my phone recording the Zoom call, basically. Um, so it's not great, um, but it's like, yeah, you know, you can hear us. It's it's fine. So I started at such a not a low point, but a low tech point that I'm like, I've upgraded things, a couple microphones and headphones and all that, and I'm like. Yeah, it doesn't need to be perfect as long as as long as as long as the volumes are mostly level which yeah. is always my fault when it's not which is a pain in the ass I'm like I... it's such a pain I hate it when that happens but that's kind of like what I did with my YouTube channel and my podcast when starting both I bought myself like some bare minimum equipment essentially and then I said that's it that's all the money I'm putting into it when it starts paying for itself, you can have, it can have new equipment. <laughs> like, yeah. so when it, when it pays for new equipment, it can have some new equipment. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, I feel like that's a, a healthy attitude to have just minimal investment. And yeah, when you start, I'm a bootlegger, a bit... like I bootleg everything. So, or wait, not bootlegger. I'm not a bootlegger. I'm a bootstrapper. I'm sorry. I don't bootleg. I don't bootleg. I swear. I bootstrap though. 
<laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. I I don't know if you noticed. No. I was just like, what is she? <laughs> I when I said it, I was like why did that sound wrong and then i was like yeah it was because <laughs> it was <laughs> uh, um no i i think that's always something that it um so i i've started really i guess it's been about a year i've been trying to act and uh i got two pretty big roles in in movies that aren't out yet um but well one just finished filming um and a couple of small roles. And it's funny that when I talk to people, and they're all paid gigs, not, you know, not changing my tax bracket paid big, but they're they're paid. Um, it has when I, good resume credit, yeah, regardless. It, yeah, looks good on the IMDb page. Um, so it is, um, but when people, when I'm talked to people, my friends, family, <laughs> even on podcasts, People are like, oh, I always wish I could be in a movie. I'm like, like, it's not hard if you want. If you're just talking about like being in the you background of audition. a movie, <laughs> yeah, oh, it's yeah. like, well, you have to seek it out. Like, background acting Definitely. to me is is harder than acting. Acting, it's easy to be the center of attention. It's really hard to pretend you're talking and not notice the main characters and not. <laughs> I had had to do for a a TV show. I was playing a bartender. And he's like, "Uh, don't just don't move any glasses or anything that will make noise. And we're at a real bar, but, you know, I can't pour their alcohol. So I'm like, what? What the hell am I supposed to do for for five minutes while the scene is unfolding and I'm in the background on camera if I can't pour drinks or touch glasses? Oh, wow. Did they have a boom mic? Like it was so sensitive? Oh, yeah. They could they could hear if I clinked a glass or anything like that. So I'm like miming to a customer and then I'm like spent way too much time on the little computer just pressing the screen that was locked out because I wasn't entering the right code. Um, but I'm just like, this is the worst thing ever to have to just do oh, this. That sounds so fun to me. I would, I want to be a main role first of all, but also to just be a silent bartender for five minutes. That sounds so fun. I would uh, do that. It's, it's definitely fun in hindsight, but it's panicky in the moment because the one thing that I, it's funny when I'm acting and I'm saying words and stuff. It's very easy for me to be natural when I'm behind the scenes and I'm focused on just do normal things. That's what <laughs> I think I heard one actor say when they need to play drunk, what she does is she tries to be as sober as possible. Like she <laughs> makes sure she enunciates every word. And I'm like, Oh shit, oh. she plays a great drunk person because she's focused on being sober. That's good. When you're focusing on being normal, I feel like that's when you do the weirdest shit because you're like That's so true. Yeah. Like I don't know why walking through the airport, I forget how to walk because there are so many people <laughs> sitting and watching everybody walk. Like hundreds of people, you're just passing hundreds of people and like 20% of them are just looking at all the people passing. So I'm just like, uh <laughs> How do I walk? I'm like, why is everybody? Why am I walking robotically right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why did that leg stop bending and that one is bending? <laughs> why do I all of a sudden have a limp? 
exactly yeah so no that's true. that's i i do think i i haven't i'm trying to think if i've played a drunk i've played a character who's been drinking but never like a, a totally drunk person where i but i'm kind of looking forward to it now i don't know the the funny thing is for me my youtube channel the most popular thing on it is the drunk jeff eats because I thought if I'm going to eat shitty food late at night, I might as well record it and, and make a few pennies. <laughs> no, that's kind of a good idea. Hold on. Oh, wait, you can actually still hear me. So I don't have to say hold on. But um, eating on YouTube is surprisingly up there with gaming. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... See, I, I had to make a change in the way I do after I did the first couple because I, you know, you can see like the trends of what people are searching for. And one of mine was like food ASMR. And I'm like, oh, gross. I'm just like visualizing someone who's like even more disgusting than me, like pleasuring themselves to me eating. And I'm like, but oh, I don't yeah. Want <laughs> I mean, I, if it paid money, I would absolutely do it. But I'm like, I'm going to make a choice. I play background music and I edit out my chewing unless it's vital to the, to the video because I'm like, it's less gross that way. And it, for some reason I always eat in my videos. Like it just happens. Cause you know, sometimes you be eaten and my sister always like gets on me. She's like, that's disgusting. Don't eat on camera. <laughs> and I'm like, bruh i don't care <laughs> I, I yeah i constantly i'm i have more footage of me eating than most human beings ever ever will in their life and I'm uh dead. you know it's it gives me in it again it's one of those things where it's like well i may be even blackout drunk sometimes when i do it but guess what uh you know i'm still i'm on the clock for 15 then minutes. you get to see it the next day and, and remember <laughs> half the not half the time i'll be honest probably only a handful of times has it been like a surprise like what the fuck is this video i took last night that's 15 minutes long those are my favorite ones to edit because <laughs> wow. there's so much nonsense in there half the time i i seem to forget that i'm recording myself so i'm like ignoring the cameras even on and i'm just <laughs> silently staring at youtube playing music on my tv <laughs> yeah it's so sometimes i say things new that achievement are... unlocked i need <laughs> to do that or new mission unlocked <laughs> you, you know that almost believe it or not that this is really strange uh but i think i've admitted this on the podcast before so why not go with it um this this is what i'd call a therapist's wet dream is that when I still had the corporate job. I randomly started, obviously on nights I didn't have the kids, I randomly started recording blackout videos of myself. And I was talking to my sober self in the videos. And usually I was saying what a piece of shit and what a pussy I am. And I'm fat and gross. I'm I, it was dead. very mean. Drunk, drunk Jeff was very mean to sober Jeff. Um, and it, it, um, they were usually hilarious though. And I started showing them and sending them to people I worked with. Cause that's a smart thing to do. 
But that was almost like the like the genesis of like, oh, maybe I should start a podcast. Because it's like, yeah, it's you know, people seem to enjoy it. So <laughs> I, I I haven't really gone that they route. They call it the gift of gab. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it was a it was a it was a bizarre situation there for a while because then sober me wrote a letter to drunk me. And like before I went out one night, I wrote something saying, Hey, drunk asshole, don't order food. Go to bed. You're you're tired. You're not hungry. Signed sober Jeff. <laughs> and when I got home drunk, I saw the letter. I didn't order food. I scribbled something that was illegible to to sober me. Then in the morning, I'm like, eh, Okay. I can't read that asshole's handwriting. <laughs> it was That's exactly what my cousin did the other night. She put uh video on her phone of her sober and she was like don't go to the next place you'll regret it tomorrow you have to wake up early don't go to the next place and I got a phone call from her and she was like I want to go to the next place <laughs> <laughs> it was too funny <laughs> it's yeah it's it's probably again it's it's definitely something a therapist would want to talk to me in depth about but yeah I I view it as like a, a Hulk Bruce Banner type situation it's <laughs> you know we're we're both inside of this vessel but only one of us can take the wheel <laughs> I am so dead Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde yeah yeah it's uh I I, I feel like the 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 two are are getting together more har harmoniously now Drunky was like, you created me. Well, and Sober you was like, no, well, <laughs> I'm the nice one. <laughs> and like right now, I'm like, uh-oh, the the uh, I'm 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 handing over control slowly to the other guy. We'll we'll see where the night brings us. I'm I, dead. I woke up. I had a podcast at noon today. I woke up on my couch at six because I was up very late last night because I had a, a, uh, well, I had what would be a normal late night on a Monday with some friends. And, uh, I was already pretty drunk and I get a call from a medium who lives in California. So she's three hours behind me. And we talked for two hours on the phone. And, I don't remember really when we got off the phone. I just know from looking at the phone logs. And apparently I watched two movies. I assume that just I fell asleep and it auto-played. Also, there was a bottle of hydrogen peroxide suspiciously out. I Wait, a medium? A medium, yeah, yeah. Why are we skipping over that? <laughs> uh, um, well, she's going to be on my podcast in the future. But... Um, she was getting a message from the other side that had to get to me. Um, she, she also spent two hours. I don't know how, how bad I was by the end of that conversation. Cause I should have been going to bed when I took the phone call to begin with. <laughs> it was, it was one of those nights. California already. people call so late. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think, you know, the, the fun thing with me is I'm such a professional drunk that I'm pretty good at turning on the sober for the camera most of the time or a phone call. When I when I was still in the corporate world, I lost the job, started drinking at 9 a.m., 
got a call from a headhunter uh, and um, apparently had a job interview already set up. I didn't remember talking. I talked to the guy for 90 minutes on the phone. Basically, I got a job that day when I was blackout drunk or I got the job interview. But I'm like, huh, oh, that worked out. That's bizarre. But hey, drunk me did a good job. That is hilarious. Yeah, different super, different uh, identities for different walks of life is very useful. Uh, you know, yeah, you can't summon someone Jeff. In, <laughs> I met someone in jail who said, um, "She's like, yeah, my average day, uh, like she loved vodka, probably still does, but like in jail, she couldn't have any, obviously." And she said, yeah, I would just start my morning and just like she said she would just put it in her drink and slowly sip throughout the day. And she's like, I never felt drunk. <laughs> she's like, I never acted drunk. She's like, I think just the just um, when you drink early, you don't realize it. And then at the end of the night, you're just like, wow, I'm drunk. <laughs> That's that is she got a DUI. That's why she was in jail, though, because <laughs> she's figure. like. She's like, it was like her third one in a short amount of time. She's like, it's because I just don't remember that I'm drunk. I'm like, all right. <laughs> I'm too drunk to know I'm drunk. Uh, she was so sweet. I loved her. <laughs> there, there was, she's not wrong. And I think this is a very alcoholic personality trait, but um, I did, I did say something to that extent in one of my drunk Jeff eats where I'm like, you ever drank so much that you're like sober like, you forget you're drunk. <laughs> it's like you 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 feel like like I'm not getting drunk at this point. I'm just drinking out of habit. It's not even doing anything. And then before you know it, you're blackout drunk. But but there's a like a moment where you're like, hmm, this isn't as fun as normal. I I think I'm sober. You're like my stomach is so full of alcohol right now. <laughs> Why isn't this adding up? The math ain't mathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a weird moment of clarity, and it's it, but it only happens like hour six to nine of drinking. I feel like like it's it's I'm a I'm a marathoner when it comes to alcohol. <laughs> I I I did do one ultra marathon, with that was just proof that my body can can do crazy things that should kill me. Wow. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. This is not going to age well when I die at 37 of liver failure. <laughs> uh, but uh, whatever. <laughs> it's not like I just had the dead reach out to me th through uh, a medium to tell me to start taking better care of myself. <laughs> Your conversation with her will continue, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, I got another message. It said, Talk to you him when he's sober. He didn't get it last. <laughs> no, I did. I did. I, you know, I, I don't remember every detail, but yeah, who does? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one of those things that I felt like this with the. I, you maybe can relate to to this with the corporate world. I just felt like one day I had like a panic attack at work. Like I just law like I wanted to just you know I I couldn't I, I what I'm doing now I just couldn't express anything I just I thought I was having a heart attack I couldn't breathe um and I'd never oh had yeah anything. I've been like, there well and that's when it's like I'm gonna die if I keep doing this and that was that was like my rock bottom right so 
I say this about my alcohol consumption. There's just not been a rock bottom for me. I've never gotten a DUI. I got arrested once, but it wasn't really because I was drunk. It was, I got arrested for resisting arrest without violence, which makes a, a lot of sense. Um, but, but, um, maybe, maybe I would have acted differently if I weren't drunk, but I had to, I really had to pee. Maybe. So I didn't want to yeah. talk to the cop until after I peed. And apparently that's not allowed. Um, yeah, I've done that. The cop came with me into the stall, into the bat, the bathroom. <laughs> See, I would have been fine with that, but, uh, yeah, no, they, they did not like that. I said, I'll talk to you after I, I got to take a piss real bad. <laughs> uh, they did not like that. So oversensitive cop, in my opinion. But again, it's like that. It's still not like a a rock. But I haven't woken up in the bushes. I always end up at my house. I, I've, I, you know, I've had some bizarre things like a random hydrogen peroxide bottle that I still can't figure out. I kept looking for wounds on myself this morning. Like, was I bleeding? And, Oh, right that's what but, i was thinking yeah no i not that i can like maybe a broken glass cut or something not that i can tell but yeah that's what i was that was my thought i'm like i probably was trying to do some first aid on myself no i i had my remote control in my toaster but not not on you know just on the toaster not like destroyed i don't know what what that happened but other than some random inconveniences, it's like, eh, I, I haven't had a <laughs> come to Jesus moment where it's like, this is, look at what this is doing to you. This is not okay. It's like, eh, no, it seems to be working out for me so far. So it's, yeah, the, the universe is going to have to hit me in the head really hard to get their message across. Because <laughs> the subtle jabs just ain't doing it. <laughs> so funny yeah i felt that <laughs> <laughs> i i like the way i live i just need more money so i can do it longer <laughs> now you do um you, you random thing uh that i saw in your profile uh and i i just have to ask you there's there's not really context for it but mm -hmm. uh living in a van Oh, I don't live in a van now, well, but I, I used to. I figured you did currently, or, or you've got a really nice van you've decked yeah, out. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, actually, if the inside of a van could look that nice, I would say it's fine to live in it. <laughs> actually, I will say the inside of my van did look this nice. I will say. my oh, really? then My then um, boyfriend, now husband, and I built it out, and we lived in it for a year. And it was uh, definitely a, a learning experience for us both. First, learning about each other, probably. I don't really remember any revelations happening, but everybody's always like, oh, that must have solidified your relationship. Maybe it did, you know, but it had its ups and downs. People, the one thing that I learned the most is people do not like people that live in bands. <laughs> and I think, and here's my theory. And I think I'm right is because they hate that you are cheating the system. There are holes in the system and you can cheat it. And I think living in a vehicle is one way to do that. And I think, I don't think that people like to see people cheat. 
Because, I mean, and I call it cheating loosely because I don't even think it's cheating. I think it's just not doing what you, like, quote unquote, should be doing, which is renting or buying a house or renting an apartment or, like, renting a trailer or whatever, or even renting a lot to park your van on that you, like, why is it that everybody has to have their own little piece of the earth? Like, well, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just, like, it was weird to me to begin with. I'd always wanted to do it. And then Logan, he was my boyfriend, he was like, hey, you want to try this out with me? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've had this plan since I was like 12 before van, like van life was even a thing. I, I was like, when I'm older, I'm going to live in a van. And my mom was <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> you, you, you didn't think Chris Farley was making a joke when he was talking about living in a van down by the river? No, someone even got me a hat that said that in a van down by the river. But yeah, yeah. you're like, why is everyone I thought laughing? It was, I thought it sounded cool. <laughs> yeah, honestly, and I thought it sounded so sustainable. I'm like, you don't need a job because you don't need that much money. You can just make things and sell them, or buy things and sell them out of your van. Like, would it be a safety hazard? Definitely, but it's not not doable. Yeah, it's and, well, and and you're able to be mobile i mean i i think there there has to be advantages to that right like if it's too hot yeah. here, drive someplace colder if it's you know i mean it also has it's like trust me it wasn't smooth easy living it was liberating and awesome but also oh we broke down for a month Ooh. in west texas and i don't know if you've ever been there but west texas is a desert Oh, yeah, not the place yeah. to break down. Yeah, for a month we broke down. And we I, saw every mechanic in the freaking West Texas area. And we finally found out it was something that cost $10 to fix. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess that's good. Kind of. <laughs> a month later, Airbnbs, thousands of dollars of repairs that didn't need to be repaired. Oh my gosh, but whatever. <laughs> it, it it would be an interesting experiment. My see, my first thought, and I'm sure you had a plan or a procedure, is like with two people, I would just think. So if it was just one person, my first thought would be like, well, I only need to shower once a week or something, and I'll be cool. But with two people, I feel like you gotta do it a little more regularly, or you're gonna be like, ah, those smells are not. <laughs> yeah we did get showers so not every day but i would say at least half the days because <laughs> you can i mean sometimes you can find like free flowing water at like a park or something and that's not ideal but if you want to have a shower you have to pay for it so it's like you have to pay every time you want to shower you can't really shower every day when you don't have a job and you live in a vehicle like that's just how it, it's a give and a take <laughs> yeah, well they they say it's actually healthier to not shower every day so i mean it probably was good for you those skin <laughs> oils yeah yeah something about that i mean I'll, I'll be honest i don't i don't shower every day since i left my job i mean i do sometimes when i was going to a movie set i showered every day but like, I haven't showered today or uh, I showered yesterday. I don't need to shower today. 
I will say I've gotten more lazy with the showers as well. Although I shower most days, but sometimes I, I'm just like, it's the end of the day and I'm like, Oof, it's been a while. <laughs> if I can if I can smell myself that's when it's like all right something needs to be done if if my smell is offending myself I I, I shower most of the time at least every other day when I have my kids or much more because I don't want them to have to deal with my smell but when it's just me it's like oh, it's a big house do dead yeah You're a lot not of that air <laughs> yeah but it, we did smell let's be real well but, but it's not a big deal sometimes <laughs> there, there is some science to um uh, pheromones where if you can tolerate each other smells you're you're like scientifically made for each other <laughs> I, it, too funny well that that's <laughs> It's a horrible story, but but I'm going to tell it anyways because I'm an idiot. But the the first hookup I had after my divorce, I had gone to a USF football game, and, and it was a noon game or a three thirty. It doesn't matter. Three thirty, I think it was. So it was hot as fuck. So I'm out in the sun tailgating for hours in the game after the game. I'm wearing the same clothes. I'm I'm wet. Oh no! Oh no! I go meet up my buddy and I who went to the game. We go meet up with the, uh, a guy downtown St. Pete at a bar, and I'm talking to this girl, and she's like, "What cologne are you wearing? It's really, I like it." And I'm like, "Oh, that's I body thought... odor." And I'm like, "Oh <laughs> fuck, I'm gonna get laid tonight." Dead. <laughs> I thought but, it was going to be the other way around. Like she was going to be like, are you wearing cologne? Cause it doesn't smell like it. <laughs> oh no, no. She, she liked it. Like, and I was just like, Oh fuck. If this, this chick is turned on by my sweat. I think I got this in the bag. I mean, that's science. <laughs> so there you go. That's <laughs> if you can survive a year with each other in the van, I do think it's, it's probably something to it. Yeah. Now I'm also That's thinking true. it needs to be a reality show of sorts. Like can can you can you can your uh, relationship withstand a year in a van? Oh yeah. That a year might be... be long for a reality show, but Yeah, a month, a month. Well, is a month long enough? Yeah, a month is long enough. For some That's people, how long they probably... do for Survivor and they people break down in a month on Survivor, so <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, with the reality shows, they're so they're so not reality that I'm sure they would throw all of the curveballs at these people in that they, month. They have that... to expedite the emotional manipulation. Mm -hmm. of the of the isolation <laughs> right they 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 would need to figure out a way to they need to find out the insecurities and really start just hammering away at them yeah that's fair <laughs> but I, I think there's something there i i want i for a long time i wanted to problem is you can't even get in a room to pitch these things but i wanted to pitch an idea of a reality show that pit like 12 people across the country and they were all had to be homeless. And the rule was like, they got to pick three items that they could have on them. 
and uh, they got $3. And it's just like, go go be homeless. Whoever lasts the longest uh, wins. And you don't know when everyone else drops out. So, like, it could be, like, two days and you could already have won, but you don't know. So you just keep, you know, I it's a oh. it's kind of a devious plot because you'd have some people who would be homeless. You for could probably, go forever. <laughs> yeah, and the, and the winner gets like a million dollars. So like, you'd be motivated yeah. to be, you know, the the logistics of filming it would be quite difficult. That's and making true. sure they don't get killed in the streets, probably. Yeah, or um, start selling themselves out or something. But I mean, some people could probably do it forever. There's this guy that lives like. I don't know. He doesn't definitely doesn't live anywhere, but he sits kind of over by my house and I always give him food all the time. He's probably been doing that for a while now. Yeah. Well, it's in, I actually, when I was in my corporate job as a manager, I used to do these icebreakers that I, you probably know from corporate gigs when you do an icebreaker on the spot, Everyone's like, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. So I used to, a week before our meetings, send it out. Here's your homework. This is the icebreaker. Yeah. You cannot say I don't good. have an answer. You have to I have know, an the, answer. That way they ruin it. <laughs> I know they're annoying to people, but I mean, you're going to just ruin it for everybody if you don't even want to try. Right, right. So that's, I did those all the time. And one of them was the, that homeless question. I'm like, what three items? And it was very fascinating to see how different people's brains worked. Because some are like, I'm going to do this and get a job. And if I get a job, then I won't be homeless long, but I'm still abiding by the, if I'm, if I can afford to stay at a hotel, that's still in the rules yeah. if you make enough money. Um, so, it, and then some people are just like, I will just fucking live on the streets and and i will i will steal food out of dumpsters and yeah <laughs> yeah it, it, it's fascinating how different people's it, it's a fascinating look inside of how they think like in this situation am i gonna hustle am i gonna just survive am i gonna do something in between which was kind of mine it was like i think one of my things was like a razor like so i could shave but of course i barely shave now but i'm like you know, you don't want this getting out of hand. Otherwise, people are probably less likely to help you out. You want to not look homeless, I feel like, is my yeah. philosophy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm judgmental of people who look homeless and I don't want to help them like that. But I think a lot of people will see someone who's just looks rough and then they'll just think, ugh. And they won't they won't think that that person is deserving of help. So, yeah, that's a fair one to have a razor. Yeah. Well, and I thought, like, you could probably get a job like that pays a little bit of money. So, you you know, McDonald's or something like that. But you can't look homeless. Washing, uh, washing windshields at the stoplight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You won't look crazy or homeless at all if you do that. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's where I would start. Yeah. Uh, mine would be a bikini, a squeegee. And a sign that says, I work for tips. <laughs> that Yeah, see, I did. By the way, that was one of the girls on my team. She said, a slutty dress. That's all I need. And high heels. And I'm like, oh, you're okay. I know where you're going with it. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm assuming 
I'm assuming she's going for the money aspect, but you could also oh, maybe just... she's going for a sugar daddy. Let's go with that. That could be Let's... it. Because I don't I... know where your head went, but it wasn't sugar daddy. But I'm gonna no, go with sugar. Mine daddy. wasn't either. Um, although I did say, in fairness, I said my goal the first night would be to find someone and get laid. So I had a place to sleep that first night. I could probably rummage some food before I left. I'm like, uh, you know, it's that's probably a good plan. Just pick someone who lets you spend the night. First night. You can get that first night out of the way. That's got to be the hardest. I'm sure it is day by day if you're homeless, so. <laughs> yeah, so, but yeah, the, the longer you're homeless, the less likely you're going to be able to get laid by someone who has a home. So that's my theory, at least. <laughs> I assume that's got to be statistically correct. <laughs> Unless they're really into your smell, then you're cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, Brooke, uh, tell my audience: um, Is there any place they can follow you, and where they can find your podcast, your YouTube, and I'll of course link everything in the show notes. Cool. So, first and foremost, my YouTube channel is my little baby. Uh, my channel name is Middle Child Lives. It's spelled like lives. It's just middle child lives. And um, on my YouTube channel, I like to hang out. I do a lot of outdoor stuff, a lot of solo uh, vlogging and just overall talking about how my journey's been. And I try to keep a goofy edge to it. The podcast is called behind. Um, it's called Storytime colon behind the channel podcast. And it's all about YouTubers every it's a bi-weekly interview with um, a different YouTuber every week. I do an interview with them, and I also have a co-host. His name is Logan Riley, and we are a funny duo. So check us out there, especially if you want A, want to get into the YouTube game, or B, are in the YouTube game. It's for you. If you like YouTube, if you even just like watching YouTube and you want to hear about what creators go through and like all that stuff, definitely check it out. It's on Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify. And uh, yeah, I've also got Instagram at Middle Child Lives. Follow me there if you want to see some of my personal life. <laughs> it's open to the public. So yeah, that's everything. Awesome. And uh, they will all be linked in the show notes below, listener. Or definitely. However you're however you're seeing them, the show description. If, if you're yeah, listening yeah. to a podcast, you don't know where to find the links. You're, you're. I probably can't help you. How did you even find yeah. my podcast? <laughs> how did you download the app? Yeah. Figure it how out. did you get here if you don't know how to do these things? <laughs> uh, Throw your phone out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just quit. Just give up. You're, you're, you know, get a, You're get already a, behind. Yeah. Trust yeah, yeah. me. <laughs> Stick to print. Stick to things in print. Go buy a book. <laughs> a brooch. Thank you so much uh, for coming on. I had a fun time and uh, I will, uh, uh, everyone, uh, I'll encourage everyone to uh, go check you out. Heck yeah. Thanks, Jeff. See you guys next time. Well, not me, but you'll see Jeff next time. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all. Hope you had a ball. Thank you, Brooke, for joining me. Uh, check out her Instagram, YouTube, her podcast, and uh, support a, uh, a fellow creator who has uh, 
gone it alone, um, getting out, not working for the man no more. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I don't want to inspire people to do it because not all of us can be creatives, but you know, if you can find something you enjoy in life, that's, that's what you should try to do. Uh, whether it's working for yourself or for the man. Uh, but you know, I have a soft spot for people who, uh, have a little, uh, I don't know, called punk in them, punk rock. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either that or, or, uh, or, or crazy wild imagination dreams. I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, but thank you, Brooke, for joining me. <laughs> I had a great time, uh, chatting with her, uh, before, before drunk Jeff took the wheel, uh, the rest of the, uh, the rest of the evening and, uh, and that night. I don't remember if that's when I know. I think it was the day before I recorded my next two podcast episodes um, with, uh, I, I love obviously all my podcasts uh, and, and this conversation you just listened to was the first time Brooke and I have ever spoken. Uh, but I've got a couple, uh, I think the next three actually are with uh, people I know personally, or I, I guess I've never met one of them personally, uh, but uh, I've, I've spent hours and hours and hours talking with them. So we're, you know, we're still, we're on opposite sides of the country. What are you going to do? Uh, anywho, uh, I hope you enjoyed this and I hope you enjoy those. <sighs> Probably, hey, I need to, I, <laughs> I feel sick to my stomach right now because I, uh, not because I drank, but because I made the horrible decision not being able to sleep of ordering McDonald's last night. I waited until breakfast was being served like 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. or something. It was late uh, or early, depending on your interpretation of time, I suppose. Uh, But yeah, I got, I got, I think three steak, egg, and cheese bagels, which, you know, I only ate two of them, but, uh, one of them, even like I I was sober enough to remember eating them, which is the sad part, but, uh, I don't know. I need to, I need to figure out, you know, somebody, somebody should hit me up. If anyone's listening this late (laughs) of the thousands of people who listen, I wonder how many actually listen to the end of the show. But I would really love a good suggestion, and don't make it, you know, a bullshit answer, but I would love a suggestion for things to eat when you're hammered and you need to eat something so that I don't order just garbage food because there's, you know, I I, I don't know. I, I've, I, 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 <laughs> I guess you have to prepare food in advance. Or, or is there a snack food I could go to that, that's cheap but also not terrible for you? But I don't know what a snack is filling enough. Ah, can't figure it out. Uh, if you have any tips or tricks or suggestions, let me know. And don't make it you should drink less because we know that's probably not going to happen. Actually, it is because I I really I'm, I'm going to focus at some point, probably after I sell the house, on, uh, on dropping. I want to drop... 50 pounds. That's, that's a reasonable goal and expectation. And I don't care if I do it in a healthy way. I mean, I'm not going to lop off a limb, but you know, I'll crash diet. I don't care. 
I'll do what I want. Die, die like James Gandolfini. Uh, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. This is, there's, there's still tinges of drunk Jeff trickling through my veins. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get on that. Boom. It's over. for listening it was amazing (laughs) i i loved it be sure to come back for another great episode i'm one wing away from jeff macalino of the jeff macalino podcast how much time did you spend on thinking of the name of your podcast you went just straight that's my name i'll add the word podcast to it yep see you next week